You are listening to From the Midwest to the Middle East, the latest on U.S. tax, Israeli economy, and lots of in-between. Interviewing Israeli and international experts. Chicago, Chicago. Welcome to our podcast. I am Philip Stein, president of Philip Stein & Associates. I will show you around. I'm pleased today to have a very uh, exciting podcast with uh, Amir Shinar. Amir co-founded Waze, uh, Waze which is a household word in Israel, after founding and acting as CEO of XLNet Limited, a customized software solution, and serving as an R&D manager in Converse, special, which specializes in open source technologies. According to the website, and I'm going to read this, Amir, I hope it doesn't uh, embarrass you. If Amir didn't have 15-plus years' experience as a systems architect, senior developer, and R&D manager to contend with, he'd probably be a beach bum, spending most of his time relaxing by the sea. Instead, he runs the R&D department at Waze, working for the weekends when he gets to spend time with his three young boys and navigate the waves via surfboard and or sailboat. So welcome, Amir. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> all right, all right. Let me begin the, by following. I, I call my podcast from the Midwest to the Middle East because I, I myself came from Chicago uh, when I made Aliyah. But I see you also spent some time in the Midwest, a little north of where I live, Minnesota. Can you tell us how you ended up there? Yeah, well, it's a long story, but I'll try and make it short. Um, I followed a girl. <laughs> okay. You know, okay. just read before that. Uh, I like surfing, and it's true. I used to surf a lot in the Sinai Desert, windsurfing. Mm -hmm. And I met a girl. She was South African, but she lived in Minnesota. And uh, ended up there going to, she studied in France. I lived with her a little bit in France, in Sorbonne, in Paris. And then we moved to uh, Minneapolis. I went to school there, and... Uh, that's the shortest, the shortest way to describe it. All right. So a guy who was spending time on the beach ended up in one of the coldest states in the United States. <laughs> True. <laughs> did, you, did you at least take up those sports as well? Did you? Uh... Yeah, we, I skied a little bit. And, you know, summer is very hot in uh, Minnesota and 10,000 lakes. So I did enjoy the water in the summer period. Okay, great. So uh, two former Midwesterners are speaking to another, which which yeah. is a good thing. Okay, so it seems that after your episode in uh, the Sinai, and now you're telling me in Europe and in Minnesota, uh, you returned to Israel shortly after Com bubble burst. Uh, what had changed in Israel upon your return in terms of the high-tech scene? Yeah, well, I think I never really followed the high-tech scene, uh, neither then nor now, uh, I'm, I'm interested in companies that are related to what I'm doing uh, or interesting to to the companies I'm working at, but didn't really follow. I, I can tell you a story, and I, I think would summarize quite well the burst and the differences between then and now. I was sitting in a restaurant with a friend. He was working at ECI. He was a manager at ECI Telecom. It's a infrastructure uh, telephony company. Sure, we had done some work. They were one of the early, you know, pioneers in the high tech scene here in Israel. True, mm -hmm. true. I think Israelis are very proud that uh, ECI is one of the largest one. But anyway, this guy is coming to us, and and my friend introduced him to to me, and he asked him if he still works at ECI. And he said, No, no, I'm now a startup. We got funded, and we are doing this great startup. And I can't even remember the idea, but I remember it wasn't that great one. 
And he said, well, you know, you left this secure and, and you were uh, uh, a manager in ECI. And he said, yeah, you know, two, three years from now we might buy ECI. And, and a sentence like that at the, at the, at the bubble of, of 2000 or 1998, I think, is, it, it tells everything. You know, people got very easily funded for any idea that they had because everybody thought that this is the way that, uh, to go. And, and I think that today it's very, very different. I meet a lot of people that are trying to fund their companies and it's very hard. If you're looking for money to be funded or funding a company, you really need to show some traction and really need to, to show uh, an idea that uh, has a, uh, a different or, or some technology barrier. And it, it wasn't the same then. Interesting. Yes, I, I certainly see it in our, our practice as well. And, you know, we, we worked before the bu bubble and we worked after the bubble. Uh, and it is certainly much harder for good ideas to get funded. So let's hear about the newest idea or really the, your current company, Waze, which, as I said before, has really become a household word in, in Israel when you people just say, I'm going to Waze uh, my way to your house. Uh, how, how did Waze come into being? Well, this uh, co-founder, Ehud Shabtai, and a friend, he came to me one day. We, were, we used to work at Excellent, that company. He was the CEO of the company. And he came to me one day and he said, uh, with the navigation software, there's nothing happened there. I always get the same route with no real-time information that changes the, that. And then he tried to add with a small community. He tried to add, uh, I think it was traffic or speed cams. And he really got people involved and sent him all the speed scam in Israel. And then the mapping company, which I think it was Mapa, called him and said, listen, you cannot do what you're doing because you're infringing our license agreement. So you either cooperate with us or stop it. And then he decided that uh, he doesn't want to cooperate and he'll do it alone. But then he said, where will I get my map from? Uh, maps are very expensive. And he thought about if people help me map all the cam devices, they will help me map the country. And then that's the way it started. They send him GPS. He wrote uh, an application for a PDA. People drove with it, sent him the GPS points. He took all the GPS points and merged them together and sent them the results, which was a grid of a map. And it started evolving and developing. One day he came to me and said, listen, you know, I'm working nights and I'm really exhausted from that. Let's try and do something. And then we, I thought it's an amazing idea that really, I mean, we started Waze as a mapping company, looking at all the mapping companies around the world, investing billions of dollars. There was Navtech uh, back then and Teleatlas. Uh, and they had all the car, the expensive cars uh, trying to go on every road. And uh, we saw that uh, we have an amazing involved community that really likes what they're doing and actually doing it for themselves, not for the, for the cause of this. It was a, it called, the name was Freemap. Uh, and uh, we raised money and started ways. Uh, Uri Levine joined us a little bit later and we are the three founders. Great, great story. That's, it's really one of, just like, you know, the typical uh, starting in the garage type uh, story. Exactly. Uh, so today, who, who, who today are the major players in uh, 
the world, what I'd call maybe the world maps or GPS for, for the retail consumer? Well, it's evolving. I think on the P&D side, there's a Garmin and TomTom that are the major player over there. And then there is uh, the phone um, or the mobile phone application that obviously Google and Apple are very strong. And MapQuest is very strong in the U.S. and there are several other local companies that, local countries that have uh, applications. And we are part of that scene. And then there is the in-car navigation that is started as a as its own. I mean, people develop or companies, car companies develop their own solutions, and I think they're starting to integrate with the phones. Mm -hmm. My question to you about it is Waze. Why, why do you think Waze has become a household word in Israel? And also, with, one of the things I find interesting is that people that aren't really usually tech, technologically, uh, what shall I say, uh, adept, uh, older people, uh, find it very comfortable, say, oh, I came to you by Waze. In other words, that it's, was it always your intent that any, anyone would find it so easy to use? Well, I think uh, on the second part, finding it easy to use, I think is the major challenge of any uh, product or especially consumer product company. We are working very hard to try and, uh, to try and make it as easy as possible. Obviously, some of the features are not known because you know, people couldn't find them on a the phone. Uh, the basic navigation is there. I was driving with a friend and he would say, well, I need a fuel station. Which one should I take? And I said, well, why don't you look at Waze? You know, we have all the prices. And he, oh, I didn't know the feature existed. So uh, it's hard to, it's, it's, it's really a challenging issue to, to try and every feature that you are, in, an important feature that you think that people can use, make it really easy to use. But what happened is that Waze is, is a very fun and very, it's a live application. I think uh, that's part of the first uh, story of Ehud that uh, actually uh, uh, founded the company or we, were, we found it together as a company that start making maps with people. So then navigation, you are, what you see is basically other people driving with you and you feel that the information that you're getting is, is a live information from the road. So every route that we give you is a route based on the current traffic and current situations of the road. I think that uh, uh, one thing that happened recently is that we see more women use the application. It used to be, I think, 95 to 5. That was our statistic. And today it's maybe 60 and 40. And, uh, and there was a woman that came to me and said, well, can I ask you something about Waze? And I said, well, of course, everybody, you know, everywhere, everywhere I go, people have something to say about Waze. And she's like, I, I, I must tell you that I was, uh, I'm suffering from some kind of anxiety and I was really afraid driving my car, especially with my kids. And now Waze is there. It's like I feel it's my second husband. It's always with me. It always tells me where to go. I know it will always take mm -hmm. me back home. So I feel way more confident. Wow. And I, I, think, that, uh, I think that she's summarizing the, the people feel comfortable and convenient working with this application. So 
All right, that's that's a great. Uh, you're giving a great product to the consumer, and obviously the the, the market has responded. What continues to be Waze's biggest challenges, and what what do you see as Waze's biggest opportunities? Well, I think uh, challenges. The major challenges of Waze is first creating uh, the best maps all over the world. We have 140 countries uh, with maps starting from several streets to fully and very, very accurate maps in some of the countries and uh, building an application that everybody commutes with. We rather call it or, or aim it as a commuting application and not as a navigation application on a daily usage. So when you're going from home to work or back work to home, uh, we'll give you the best route, even if it's five minutes a day that we save you. You just you know, you turn it on just to make sure that mm -hmm. that you're getting the best routes out there. Twenty minutes, and you have several options. Then it's it's uh, it, and if it can save you those five minutes, why not turn it on? So if we can get, if we can reach uh, two hundred, three hundred million, we we just crossed thirty-seven million subscribers, registered users, and uh, if we can get to more people around the world, then I think uh, you'll be happy or content. As, as for the challenges, obviously there are other players in the market. There are big and strong players like Google and Apple uh, on the mobile devices. Competition is tough. Yes, with I would say with those players, <laughs> you you've picked the the biggest boys on the block, as they would say. But it looks like you're doing a good job. So uh, we we wish you continued success and, and look forward to. To, to seeing more developments coming out of your products. Um, do you ultimately see GPS devices going the way of cassette players? In other words, will, will everything just move to our, our mobile devices? I think so. I think that if you look at the, your phones, I mean, I'm looking at, at two sides. One is the P&D devices, and the other one is the in-car navigation. <clears throat> and you look at your mobile phone, your mobile phone now contains everything that runs your, well, at least my life. And that is the calendar and the emails and the, obviously navigation is the messenger and the messaging and everything I need is there. Now, when you have multiple devices, first it's hard to manage with them, but the other thing, if they are not connected, then the information is either old or, well, definitely not real-time information. So the advantages of the connected device is higher. Uh, we're going to see in the navigation and higher integration, at least our plan, I'm sure other people's plan, in going into your calendar and suggesting you to leave your office at a certain time. And I think E&Ds are either in the car or, or already mounted, so you're not, when you're sitting somewhere else, they're not with you. The f advantage of the phones is is, uh, is there, and I would assume they will disappear. Okay, so if we speaking about phones, and, and in full disclosure, believe it or not, I'm I'm still a user of BlackBerry, uh, with hopes that their new newest version uh, will save the company. I just have always enjoyed the, the using the phone, but on the application side, it's certainly not up to the iPhone or the Android or, or maybe even the new Lumina. What's your favorite phone these days? Yeah, well, I'm uh, I'm trying to be careful, you know. Okay. But, but I, I I can say that 
that each of them uh, each of them has uh, has advantages i think iphone the integration the ownership of both the hardware and the software created a very very smooth device and uh, and a great device the android on the other hand has a ch very challenging um in, in integrating the operating system and the hardware that's manufactured by many uh, many different companies, and we as developers on that platform are, are suffering from that as well. You have a different graphic processing unit, and you have a different CPU, and some of the there are many resolutions for that device. But I think looking at where Google is, and if you are a user of Google, uh, I'm uh, my mail is in Google, and my calendar is in Google, and my documents are in Google Docs, and so that device is a perfect device in a sense that everything is there, very accessible and very comfortable to use. The Windows Phone 8 is a very new device, and uh, I, I just played with it a little bit. Uh, they did a, a very, very good job. I mean, it's a very smooth uh, um, device and very convenient to work with, but I haven't seen it too much and there aren't too many applications, so we have to wait and see how much of the market share it takes. All right, you, you gave a very PC, politically correct answer. Thank you. Uh, I see we have just a few minutes left, and I'm going to just ask you a, a question that just has come to my mind. Again, most of the people that I, I interview or work with, uh, especially Israelis in the high-tech scene, at some point their career took them through Silicon Valley. Y yours didn't. Do you, do you see that in, in an advantage, disadvantage in terms of your networking or, or how you work? That's a hard question to answer. I, as I said, I'm not part of the really the high-tech scene. Mm -hmm. So that networking is, is not, uh, I don't know, you say cup of tea. But, but uh, I, I think that being in Silicon Valley, obviously, if you have a company, I mean, our CEO is there, and it's important that we have an office in Silicon Valley. Uh, but as far as I'm concerned, being uh, I love Israel, and I love the weather here, and I love being here, and I think we have great brains, and, and this company has some of them, and it, on that, I'm not sure what will happen in the future, but in, in if you ask me now, then I'm where I should be. Okay. Well, we're we're glad you're here. We're glad that uh, Waze is a, is a uh, Israeli invention or a product of Israel. I think it serves the local market, which is sometimes not the case always in products that are developed here. And uh, and we wish you the best of luck and hope to hear only uh, good things and and good news about Waze. Thank you very very much for having me. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed our podcast. Feel free to visit us at www.peacestein.com or look for Philip Stein Associates on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Goodbye.